0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 152. Today, we're diving into a topic that I haven't really dug too deep in before on Gold Digger. We're talking about balancing both motherhood and your creative entrepreneurial roles. And it's no secret that these two roles can get mighty chaotic, but there is a way to do both. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about that than my friend, Jonna Holmgren of Fox Meets Bear. Jonah seems to have the magic secret to balancing all the things. And I think the secret is, is that you don't really know what you're doing, but you're still showing up each day with the best intention. Jana is a mother, a creative, and an author of a brand new cookbook titled Tales from a Forager's Kitchen. She lives in the woods of Minnesota with her husband and her three girls where they spend as much time as they can outdoors, hiking and foraging, cooking and baking, homeschooling and peaceful parenting, and cleaning up way too many messes from their two dogs or two cats and a small flock of ducks and chicks. It is safe to say that Jonna capitalized and evolved both of these roles and intertwined both both her motherly side and business side into a really beautiful partnership. And I am so excited to talk to her about how to transform and transition with your career when you have children. Guys, I'm so excited about this show today. If you are tuning in, one of the best ways that we can say thank you to our guests is to take a screenshot of you listening and tag both of us in it so that we can see that you are enjoying this content. This episode is filled with so much wisdom and so much heart, and I'm so excited to sit down with a fellow Minnesotan, a girl that I've known since the beginning of her career, and really talk about how things have changed. Are you guys ready? Let's do this.
1: If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. All right, so I just said
0: your intro, and guys, I am so excited to have Jonna on the show with me. It's actually really funny. We've known each other for seven, almost eight years. And I'm sure she'll talk about her journey a bit. But let's start at the beginning, Jana. What has your journey looked like, both personally and career-wise? And how did Fox Meets Bear come into existence?
2: Okay. Hi, Jana. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, it kind of started just... All the way back in the day, finding out that we were having a baby, I started a blog and just wanted to start kind of having a space to document anything that I was drawn to. So like hands-on crafting and creating with florals and baking and cooking and kind of everything else in between different places that we like to visit or eat or go. So it was really expansive. And as time kind of went on, then we I started with Instagram too, and it kind of Both of them together combined to just be this creative expression of little things that I was drawn to, or parts about our world, or our family, or parenting and living in general. So it really just kind of began as a passion for writing. And then I always really enjoyed the visual side of a blog and the visual side of Instagram, too. So yeah, I guess it kind of started just as sort of a little journal and
0: documentation of our life. So. I love that. And will you share a little bit of the story of you and Max? Because I love it. (laughs) And it also kind of relays back to the name of everything you're doing it under Fox Meets Bear. So share a little bit of your story, because I know I've fallen in love with the two of you. So let our listeners do the same.
2: Yes, I would love to share about that. Max and I have been together for so long. We met in kind of middle school, actually, and then started dating in high school. And were together through the little bits of college that we did and at the time I was doing photography which is kind of how you and I connected back then which is so amazing and we had started a chalk company and it was actually at one of these events that was happening in the cities for photography and we were kind of playing around with ideas of what to do for the backdrops and Max did a bunch of different chalk designs and everyone was just completely in love with the chalk almost more than my photography, which is totally fine. <laughs> and so we kind of had this like little moment where we just decided like, okay, let's start doing this. And so he's always been the bear. I've called him that. He like eats like a bear, sleeps like a <laughs> And then I've always been the fox. And I promise this was like before bears and foxes became like trendy, super super cliche and everything. But anyways, yeah, it's just kind of always been like our kind of nicknames for each other and little like ways that he would encourage me, like brush up your tail, fox, get that tail all (laughs) poofy, like, come on, you know, just little weird things of calling each other that. So it kind of stuck. Yeah. And then fox meets bear was basically like me meeting him and meeting the bear and then our life after that so it's definitely kind of a plethora of different ideas and topics and things but it's kind of a
0: kind of a journal of our life together so I love that. And I love seeing Max's work. You guys, he is so talented. When I think about creating anything with chalk, I'm like, first things first, I would totally smudge it and have yes. to start over. Same. I agree. Oh. I I feel like even just my list making is terrible, let alone any like actual creation. Yeah, he's oh. incredibly talented. He is so talented. And I don't think a lot of listeners know this, but when I was planning my wedding, I realized that there was a need for a Midwest wedding blog. And so me and my friend Britt had started this blog called Northwoods Wedding, and we ran it for years. And what was so awesome about doing that while I was launching my photography business was just being able to create community before it really existed in the Midwest. And I think it's so easy to look at wedding blogs and blogs in general and see so so many different things happening in other parts of the world where don't you feel like the Midwest isn't as represented? Or maybe we just feel that way. Definitely. Yeah. I wonder that too. Your vlog
2: was like the most amazing visual interpretation of connection and people and inspiring weddings. It was so, so beautiful.
0: It was such a fun way. So it's so fun that I get to talk to you today because our journey together started so long ago. So you have always been creative. I never want you to belittle your talent as a photographer. So what about it about creation in general has lit your fire? What excites you about creating?
2: Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like it has been always something that's just been really flooding through me and just Mm -hmm. the way that I'm wired. I think looking all the way back to things that I used to be into in my childhood and then carrying all the way through in one way or another. I feel like I've always been using creative expression as a means for living and always have felt really inspired and drawn to different things. I feel like I am a lot more hands on creative. So like Mm -hmm. going out and hunting or foraging for earth grown goods or like work, you know, doing a floral wreath and working with my hands, cooking or baking hosting, a gathering, all those things that are like really touchable and tangible, I guess I would say Mm -hmm. has always been just a part of me. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's been like with every breath, just wanting to try to create and do different things all the time. So that's been, I love that.
0: It's been so fun to watch. I feel like You've been on this journey, and it kind of lands us to where we are today, which your cookbook, Tales from a Forager's Kitchen, just launched. I have one on order. I cannot wait to have it on my coffee table. So can you tell us about how this cookbook came to be, what the process was, and everything that went into it?
2: Definitely, yes. I think that it was always just a dream of mine, kind of in the back of my head. Even with like Fox Meets Bear, anything, I felt like I never wanted to land on a specific theme because I always wanted to keep that kind of open mind that it's me. And so there's lots of like change and adaption over the years and then kids or no kids, all those different things coming in. So the cookbook aspect was like this underlying essence that I've always been connected really to food and where it comes from and how it affects us. And then also just like the fact that there's so much beauty in ingredients and meals. And I don't know, it's sometimes even I get in those ruts too, where it's just like, okay, crank out the food, crank out the food, but then to actually stop and try to connect with where did this come from and how does this affect me? And, and then just even imagining what, a cookbook would look like that. It just felt like it was a dream. And then one day I, it was two years ago, I was just breastfeeding men in bed and was like, okay, I think I'm just going to like try to make this happen. And I feel like a lot of the endeavors that I've been have just been like jumping in head first, like just being like, this might not work out or, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to like do it and see what happens. But I had gotten a contact from my friend who had, had just written a book on interior design and emailed her agent and just kind of gave like this really brief synopsis of if I wrote a cookbook, this is what it would look like. What do you think about that? And heard back from her, I think like the next day and she liked it. And it was like, she, she was like, okay, I love it. How can we do this? And so it felt <laughs> like,
0: you're like, wait, it was just yeah, an idea. It was, literally. Yeah, it felt like that. It felt like
2: just <laughs> surreal that she even liked it. And then kind of just so much unknown of like, what does this mean? And totally paring it down to just taking it step by step by step. And so the next step is to create a proposal. So you have to, you know, have it be this more of like, intensive process, which my friend Olivia helped me with a ton, which was amazing. And just getting all the details together and then presenting that to publishers and then months of kind of waiting to see if anyone would even pick it up. And then and then it was picked up by Rodale Publishing. And so it felt like, yeah, just such a crazy journey of like going all in and then being able to actually get it picked up by a publisher was a really huge dream come true. So the cookbook is... There's over 80 recipes, foraging tips, but then also probably one of my favorite aspects was that we got to shoot it over the span of a year. And so what we did, yeah, obviously, you know, too, is like in the Midwest, the seasons change so much and there's such a difference of the beauty of the bursting spring and then the hot summer and then Mm -hmm. all the leaves changing to the fall in the colors and then huge you know, leaps of fresh snow. So that was kind of like a big part of it was to do these mini encapsulations of each of the seasons and then pairing in like stories from now where we live and growing up and some made up stories too. So it, it should be a fun I book. Love that.
0: That is amazing. And I think what is so incredible about cookbooks, we always joke, but food styling is no joke. So did you do that on your own, or did you have help, or what did that part of the process look like? Because whenever I look at cookbooks, it's mostly just for like food envy. And I'm like, look at how this is styled. What? I
2: definitely I feel like that part of it really excites me, but also stressed <laughs> me out too, thinking of like Yeah, my, the photographer and I worked on that together. And so that, yeah, I like how that all turned out, but I would say for sure, like such a difference of cooking a meal for my family and being like, here's Mm -hmm. one meal, or even like hosting a gathering is like, you know, nothing in comparison to be like, okay, the photographer's coming over today and I have to shoot all of the (laughs) breakfast meals and I have to like make everything. And the kitchen was just a nightmare. And yeah. So definitely learned a lot as far as all of that goes but
0: how many meals were you cooking like in one round or
2: one oh, shoot man I don't even remember but we did break up like breakfast lunch dinner so I think breakfast oh, I want to say gosh. I think maybe our goal that day was like 25 dishes and so oh my gosh. Was, <laughs> I just yeah I remember like the very first breakfast shoot you can even ask him I feel like I was such a wreck I I was so nervous and like <laughs> it was, yeah, we got it, it, got better as we
0: went along a little bit, but that is amazing I did a shoot last year and it was like a styled wedding shoot and there was amazing food and I was like can I please eat this food after and the guy was like well I actually didn't cook the scallops all (laughs) the way through because they just had to look good and I was like seriously okay exactly
2: I just posted a picture on my Instagram with this artichoke dish and it's one of my favorite ones and I'm dying because that day there was like this little tiny ladybug that was crawling like next to the plate and I was like I love this let's put it on top so There's like an actual ladybug in one of the dishes, but you're right. It's like you wouldn't even eat more than half of them. You're just
0: so funny. I love the behind the scenes. I think that is so amazing. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. sites and so much more. So one thing I want to know is, you know, you have put so much work and time and effort into building this career. But what did it look like? Because I knew you pre children, and now you have three beautiful daughters. So what has that transition looks like for you just in the journey of, you know, just being you and Max, and then welcoming in these children into your life and figuring all of that out as you went?
2: Oh, man, I don't even it's like a really hard one to describe. I feel like My view has been that I don't have this giant master plan, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm just winging it. Like there is so much intentionality that goes into everything from the very beginning days till now. But at the same time, there's like this deep rushing flow and like open-mindedness and failures and trying again and like trying new things and alternating routes and everything. So yeah, Max and I have it kind of like a little bit different. I think like you guys too, like we're both working from home. Mm -hmm. And so from the very beginning, that was like such an essence of everything that we do is this duality between both working and both creating, but then like both parenting too. So yeah, like right now Mm -hmm. this is, I'm doing this and he's inside playing with the girls and being with them. So it's been so much flex between us both. So when he's had like bigger projects and things, then I'm doing more of like full-time parenting. And then he's been stepping in and stuff too, which is kind of a like
0: different and unique scenario, but it's, it's worked out really well for us. And just Stepping in together, like you're not a stay-at-home mom and he's not a stay-at-home dad. You're both working parents together. Definitely. (laughs) And such a difference too with like before having
2: kids and then one and then three. It's like everything has looked really (laughs) different like
0: those different seasons and stuff. It's awesome. It's kind of been amazing to get to watch your family grow. And I know as just a follower and a fan of yours, it's been really incredible to watch you step into motherhood and to watch you navigate it and say you don't have all the answers, but you're doing the best yeah, you can. And I, definitely. I just see so much honesty in this style. So where do you think you get your parenting style from? Because I think it is hashtag goals, <laughs> but I know you're not perfect, definitely. but where does that come from? Um,
2: man, I think that I remember when I was first pregnant with Luella and people would, come up to me and ask me what parenting style I was going to choose. And I remember being like really stressed out by that. Yeah. And being like, wait, so how, how do I know and all of these different things. And I just remember kind of feeling overwhelmed by that. And then like, you know, researching books, which I think a lot of people do. And it's like the first child and, and then almost like feeling this giant intuition draw of knowing like what's inside and, trusting yourself and going with that. And then peaceful parenting kind of came along the journey of reading some books and blogs and sites that have really inspired me. And I felt this like deep connection to learning more about that type of parenting. But then I don't know, at the end of the day, I feel like I have had this idea stuck in my head since number one and all the way till now with three is like wilderness parenting. So like, how would you parent your child Mm -hmm. if no one else was around you? If you didn't have Mm -hmm. books and you didn't have this society or all those rules set up, like if you just had yourself and a child in front of you, what would you do? Like you would trust your heart and you would go with your intuition and you would try to connect with that child as much as possible. And that's been kind of like this underlying inspiration for everything that I do is like even creatively, trying to like drown out all the other voices and just go with like mm-hmm. what is in your heart, which I'm, I don't know, going with like intuition, even if it looks really different than everyone else around you, parenting wise and creatively wise, I think has been a huge kind of anchor for the last five or six years for me.
0: I love that. And you know, what's funny, this is totally off the record, but well, not really, because I wanted to be on the show. (laughs) But I feel like if you, Jonna, had the option to not be online, I feel like you would choose that. In a sense, so what has it been like growing this brand and this devoted following, while also maintaining this beautiful lifestyle that I feel like isn't dependent on the acceptance or needs of others? Man,
2: oh my gosh, that's such a huge question. I feel like hits me really hard because I feel like it's yeah, the <laughs> online world is it's like mashing our real life with work and business and making money as well and like paying bills. It seems like it's all just bottled up into one. So it's definitely been a journey of again just kind of like getting back to the heart of who I am and who we are as a family and like how we'd want to parent and how mm-hmm. we want to live. And then I guess all the way from the beginning it started really with that and then finding out that how can we actually create and make a living while working with home and spending like as much time as possible with our girls? Like that has always been kind mm-hmm. of the the ultimate goal is like if we can make this work, like, let's do it. And not every month has been great. Even like starting out, we have like so many memories of just like grinding it out and not making anything. Mm -hmm. And like, (laughs) you know, just doing some like crazy things of just trying and trying and trying. And then you get like a big thing come in and you're like, okay, let's keep doing this and trying to make it work. So I think a lot of days it's like, Being online has been so incredible as far as like the support and meeting new people and having new experiences, but then also like really trying to intentionally break away from all of that and just like Mm -hmm. be and live and like rest and separate, I think is huge, which I'm definitely still trying to learn how to do and balance and everything for sure.
0: I think we all are. And I think there's like this piece of us that if we could just unplug we would but then I also think that we have built true communities online which makes me excited to post and excited to share and so it's this duality of like we have this community and this following that we genuinely care about but we also have this life that doesn't live online that is equally if not more beautiful and I, I love that about you I see that in you in the things that you don't post that I know are likely happening. And I think I love that part of the story just as much,
2: man. Yeah. I think it's, that is really hard too. is it, even showing like little snippets of things here and there. It's like, it's, so wonderful and amazing and fun. And then somebody will message me and be like, so what happened to the mallards? I'm like, they're, I don't know. They're doing great. Like I'm feeding them and changing their bedding and like the girls are loving them, but I must not be posting enough about them or something. It's mm-hmm. like, it can be like so stressful too, with everyone else's like opinions coming in. And so I feel like Max has taught me that a lot, like guarding my energy and like guarding my whole world to just like keep focusing on the things that matter. And and like not allowing other things to be bombarding it. Mm-hmm. So I, I am still trying to get better at that too, but that is refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely.
0: Okay. So you have to give it to me straight. Is it even a real thing to take a maternity leave when you run your own business? <laughs>
2: I, I definitely think so. Yes. Okay. I think that I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why or like one of the biggest bonuses of running your own business is that when something like that happens, then you're able to like fully unplug and completely like honor those ending days, which can be really, really tender. And then the beginning days of their life on earth. I think that honestly, I feel like everything else fades and then everyone's like timelines, as far as how much time to take off is always really different, but yeah, I would say like for all three girls, it's been it's been like it just happens really naturally mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, wow, like literally nothing else matters. I just need to like slow down and rest and like give myself all the tenderness and love and like patience. And then when they get here, it's the same type of thing. It's like it just takes over where it feels like this, this like beautiful honoring of their life. And mm-hmm. then but then. For sure. I think maybe everyone's wired differently, but it's funny to like sense that creating essence and like desire to Mm -hmm. really slowly. I for sure felt that the most with Juniper where I think she was like two or three weeks old and it was like, everything was like really slow and chill. And in something in me was like, you should make something like you should create something. (laughs) And I was like, I kept like almost suppressing it. And then finally one day Lou and Min were like just hanging out playing and it was just like really quiet and Juniper had just fallen asleep and Max was holding her and I was like um so can I go in the backyard and make a wreath like really fast like literally it'll only take me 15 minutes he was like sure I love it and so it just I don't know I feel like when when people are wired creatively you can only Mm -hmm. like suppress that for so long before it wants to come out and then finding a way to like combine everything. I think it's always really good and healthy too. (laughs) I
0: love that. What has been the biggest change from going from no kids to one to two to three girls? What do you think has just kind of evolved the most in your life from that journey?
2: I probably would say that before kids, I grew up in a more like structured home and mm-hmm. we would like go by the calendar more. So like every Wednesday is this, every Sunday is that. And we would kind of have like a, a flow. And then when Luella, my first daughter arrived, I feel like I let so much of that go. And I became like so much more relaxed and almost like I felt like I found who I really was. Again, it was Mm -hmm. like, wow, I can't like control the whole day. And I have to kind of listen to her needs and like, give myself grace and just really take everything really slow I am going to be late to this event. Like there's no there's no way I can like <laughs> get there on time and everything. So that was like one child. I feel like I kind of found myself in a different way with the flow. But then I would say now comparing it to three girls, I've almost like combined the two. And so this year has all been really like practicing and finding and like trial and error, getting into like a family rhythm. And I feel like that's been the biggest thing it has saved me like at home with the girls max has been like busier doing projects. And so it's been me and them. And instead of like letting each day, just like take me away and I have this to do and that to do. <laughs> and like everyone has their needs and everything. I finally like sat down and wrote out like the week. And so mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I don't think I would ever call it a schedule or a calendar, but in my mind it's like a flow or a family rhythm. And so just getting into that and knowing like, wake up and family meditation and taking care of all the animals and then breakfast and then mornings just being like calmer playtime. And the girls Mm -hmm. like seriously get into that. It's like, they know that the mornings are the times where they can go off and play dress up or come and sit next to me. And then that's sort of my time that I've kind of engaged with for creating time or just like holding juniper. And I'm taking an herbalism class right now and doing different things that kind of like, light my fire too. And then transitioning into lunch and then outdoor time and, and then a cleanup. And I'm not even, I don't know, just having like more of a rhythm for all of us has been incredible instead of, I think what I used to do a lot more is like every day we're getting in the car and driving somewhere. And so now kind of like paring everything down to be mm-hmm. Thursdays, Thursdays are our errand days and grocery shopping days. And then The rest of the week is homeschool and being here and staying here and trying to just like simplify in a lot of those ways has totally changed. So I think like meeting somewhere in the middle there has been incredible being open to change, obviously, especially with the different needs that Max and I have with work and everything. But then having like this anchoring flow that we can kind of
0: attach to has been really great. I think it's incredible that you guys homeschool and run your own businesses. What has that looked like? Because that's like another job in and of itself. I Yeah, I feel like we have always committed to like taking one year at a time.
2: So mm-hmm. we would love to homeschool all of the girls for all of the years. But like definitely taking a more like personal child approach, like what is best for each individual personality. And then also what is best for us as like a, a working family and then everything. But that I guess too has been a huge anchor. Just knowing like every day when the two younger girls nap, then we get right into that flow and we have all of our things that we need to accomplish this year for kindergarten for her. And then she can you know, expect to do that at the same time every afternoon has been really great too. And then Max will do like Tuesday and Thursday mornings. He'll teach her math and art. And so then I kind of put those things off my mind for him to kind of tackle. And then I have the other subjects and different things that we kind of go over too. So
0: it's I, kind of a, I feel like I would realize how little of my education I used, which is terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yes,
2: <laughs> definitely. And even right now, she's like, she's so young, she's in kindergarten. So we do like a lot of different things too. That's like helping around the home. So it's like really hands on basic things too, about like, cleaning and cooking and taking care of the animals along with Mm -hmm. those other like science and math and yeah I think once we get up there too it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole different (laughs) uh, especially math I'm just like I don't even know if I can do math like if I have the patience to do math at such like a young age
0: it is so funny now that we have phones with calculators it's like why we don't even do math in our head anymore, you know? <laughs> oh, no, wait. I know that. Oh I should probably gosh. be like studying with her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How have you decided to navigate how much of your children's lives you're sharing and how much you're just keeping? Because I think that that's something a Uh, lot of people wonder about. And I know that that's such a personal decision and something you have to navigate with your spouse. But has that been something that you guys have had to talk about a lot? Absolutely.
2: I think that topic for me is like probably the most on my mind. I would say every Mm -hmm. single week about social media is there participation and how much of their life to share or not to share and I go so back and forth I think that I used to think it's totally great I'm just sharing I'm sharing it's wonderful like this is our life and they're so beautiful and I love them but how can I not share them and then kind of reaching a point I think especially too, like as the following grew just being like mm-hmm. wow I really don't know a lot of these people and I know and am connected to so many but then it's just a lot of unknown. I, I don't think anyone knows because it's such a new way of doing life is, is
0: how it will affect your children when they get older. I think so many moms struggle with that. And I know, you know, Drew and I have had so many conversations because- the world will celebrate when we have a baby and, and they'll want to see that piece of our lives. And I think that there's no right or wrong. I think it's going back to those instincts yes. and and really just trusting your intuition as a mom, what you believe is best. And I I personally love seeing your daughters <laughs> because they're so cute. But I I love how you're navigating that and that you don't have all the answers because I don't think we ever fully know For what sure. you know, what to do. Yes, there's like so many things
2: to consider and I
0: yeah like you said
2: it's such a journey I feel like it's I'm still like navigating and working through and and just ultimately wanting to really respect them in the best way possible and also celebrate them it's like things happen in your life and you're like I this is I love you and I want to share you with the world but just kind of yeah trying to figure out the best way to do all of that I totally agree I love it
0: I love it. So what are three biggest pieces of advice that you would have for mom entrepreneurs or mompreneurs as we like to shorten Ooh, things? I like that. That's fun.
2: <laughs> okay, three pieces of advice. I think one we kind of touched on a little bit, but get in touch with like that inner voice and doing like that, wilderness parenting type of vibe whether that's for actual parenting or for whatever you're wanting to create is is like blocking out anything else around you and focusing on what you want your life to look like or be like or how you want to parent and just really like trusting that intuition I think has been really huge for me even if it looks completely different than your friends around you or your family or anything I think that's probably one of the biggest things is is to be able to just trust trust what's inside and then keep following that Mm -hmm. even if it's like up down up down up down but just to keep kind of following your own bliss and like and heart for that i know that everyone talks about this one a lot i think i've heard you guys talk about this with someone else you've interviewed and just i feel like it's all over the internet but to not compare to other people's journeys And I don't just don't think it could be said enough. Like one person's strengths can be like your ultimate weakness, but then your strength can be their ultimate weakness. And everyone has like all those things that they're really, really good at. And then things that they could like improve on, or they're not drawn to as well. And so trying to do that as much as possible, I feel like is everything because then you get to settle in with who you are and love who you are and expound on like the positive sides of yourself and then also in turn celebrate what other people are good at and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Me and my sister always talk about and laugh like we are so different my younger sister and I she has like (laughs) turf in her backyard and I have like trees and it's like The list could go on. We've actually like made lists before of how different we are, but then we're able to like literally come together and just recognize like, wow, we're really different. We parent differently, but that is so beautiful and so okay. And we're, we're doing everything how we best know how to do it. So I think that's been probably a big thing as far as like work life and home is just to not compare with everyone else around you if that makes sense, I guess. And yes, I, love I think it. the last one would be just somehow to be able to like, cultivate and be intentional about that amount of patience with yourself. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned is like, I'm not a very patient person. I'm always like, I would like this <laughs> to happen. And I would like to it to happen like right now, like, let's do it. I'm all in let's I want to see like, things happening. And just knowing that, Any creative pursuits with kids I feel like at least for me doesn't happen as fast or as linear as maybe I want it to be but just like offering that open-mindedness and tenderness has been really huge to just keep going even if it's like not this perfectly set out plan of attack so that's been really great I think that's bringing in patience so
0: Perfect. I am not the most patient person either. So I need to meditate on that one for a while. Definitely. Oh, I love that. So where can everybody find you, connect with you and get their hands on your book? Um, okay. So it's, my book just came
2: out. There's a lot of different places that you can get it. It's called Tales from a Forager's Kitchen. You can buy it at Barnes and Noble or Amazon and a few stores as well. I think I'll have more of a A better list for where it's sold locally. And then online, I am foxmeetsbear.com. And on Instagram, I am at foxmeetsbear.
0: I love that. And I want to know because I newly moved back to Minnesota. What is your favorite thing about Minnesota? Oh my goodness. That is a really hard one. (laughs) Take your time on this one. I want to list. (laughs) Okay.
2: Well, I guess... In general, I would say probably like the drastic seasonal changes. We kind of talked about that as far as like the book thing goes, but I feel like I am completely obsessed with how each of the four seasons are so, so different and the color palettes Mm -hmm. just change so drastically from just pure white. And then all of a sudden you see the green starting to shoot up and it's like such anticipation for each of the seasons mm-hmm. I think that like makes me so so happy and then just when you're like about to get sick of a season it's like the next one starts and then goes into the next and goes into the next I think probably just the visuals I think I love I that is I feel like sometimes when we think about moving somewhere I feel like that's always on my mind is how much of the variation that you get here
0: is mm-hmm. really refreshing so I love it. Drew is not ready to be in Duluth winters, oh. but I told him, I'm like, there's not much of a difference between zero and negative totally. 20. You're probably not doing a lot outside. Totally. Anyway, and it's all about so. the gear. He
2: just has to get some like really good boots and really good. You
0: know. Yeah. Oh man. We'll become little Eskimos. It'll totally work. I'm ready for it. I can't yeah, wait. I love it. Well, my dear, thank you so much for sharing. I cannot wait to dig into your cookbook. And I just want you to know so many of us are inspired by you in the way that you're living and sharing. And so you're doing something right. And I just want to thank you for your heart Thanks today. you so much. Thank you for having me. This is a huge honor. I'm, I'm really happy to talk with you today. So there you have it. Isn't Jonna just the sweetest soul? There's something so incredible about connecting with her and really understanding that you can pursue motherhood and pursue creativity all at once and that you don't have to have it all figured out, but that you innately have the ability to learn from yourself and to listen to that intuition. I was recently doing acupuncture as part of our fertility journey, and I remember laying on the table, and the woman who was doing my acupuncture told me that something came up for her during our session. She told me, I want for you to embrace the ability to be a mother. I want for you to understand that it is in you. It has always been in you, and you can step into that. And I think for a lot of us, whether we have children or not, we wonder, am I going to be good at this? Am I going to know what I'm doing? Can I keep a human alive? And what I think is so, so inspiring about Jana and her journey is that she doesn't have all the answers. I don't think we ever will. But what I think is so powerful in the way that she shows up is that she can understand and embrace this juxtaposition of curation in real life, of creation and of being motherly and of leading her children into this life that she wants them to have ownership over. And so I'm just so honored to stand next to another Minnesotan girl and to really just say, we don't have it all figured out, but we're doing the best we can. I know I cannot wait to get my hands on her cookbook. It is a work of art and I am so excited to support her. And I just want to say, Gold Diggers, I hope that you understand how much these guests pour into these episodes for you and how incredible it is. So if you can head out and encourage Jonna and any other past guests on this show, it would mean so much to me. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals.
1: And thank you so much for tuning in today.